have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, again, it's been a couple of weeks since we've gathered. We actually looked at this same chapter a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. 1 Kings chapter 18 records that epic showdown. I, I think that's the, the best word to describe it. That epic showdown between the man who worshiped Jehovah God, his name was Elijah, and 450 proponents the Bible calls them prophets, but they were proponents. They were, they were advocates. They were people who waved the flag of a false god called Baal, B-A-A-L. Here's the backstory. The backstory is the people of Israel, the Jewish people of Israel, what we sometimes refer to as the northern kingdom because there had been a civil war and they were divided, but the northern Jewish kingdom of Israel had increasingly taken on the worship of this false god. They'd turned their back on the one true God and were now in, in mass, almost not, not to a person, but a, a large number of people were worshiping this false god. And because of this, God's judgment was upon them. And their nation, the entire nation, was well into their third year of a terrible drought. Because of the drought, famine and starvation were ravaging the people of Israel. I need to add this as well, and though it won't use this word in the text, the word consequences come to mind. When a people, when a person or a group of people or a gathering of people, or a community, or even a nation of people, turn their back on God, there will be consequences. Now, we don't often like that. We, we sometimes, some people have a false understanding of who God is and how he works, but the Bible shows that when people walk away from God's plan, when they walk away from God's timeless principles, there will be consequences, and there were consequences here. There were some very real, con people were dying. People were starving and dying more than any, for any other reason, because they had turned their back on the one true God. That's the back story. And so, directed by God, Elijah, this, this, this follower, this prophet of the one true God, Elijah uh, called, summoned the leaders of this paganism, this worship of Baal, and he also called the, the king of Israel, his name was Ahab, called them together to a mountain called Carmel. Now when they gathered, and again we looked at this two weeks ago, when they gathered, Elijah said this to King Ahab, he said it also to the false prophets of Baal and everyone else who gathered there. He said this in verse 21. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, well then follow him. Basically what Elijah was doing was giving them an ultimatum. He was saying in so many words, you can't have it both ways. You're wavering between one or the other, between these opinions, between these two devotions. But you can't have it both ways. 
If you're going to follow God, then follow him. If you're going to follow the false God, then follow him. But today you make a choice. The Bible says that the 450 prophets of Baal remain silent. But their silence was essentially an endorsement of their own beliefs. They, they were doubling down and they were saying, we're going to hold to what we believe. Again, there were 450 proponents or prophets of Baal, and there was, at least as far as we know, only one man of God. He had a servant. We don't know exactly where he stood at this point, but, but we know that there's one man of God, one true follower of Jehovah God, and there's 450 false prophets of the pagan God. Now, you don't, you don't have to be really good at math to know that, that 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 man named Elijah was vastly outnumbered. In fact, we have a number. This is one of those times in the scripture where we, it's 450 to one. And, and I point that out, I point that out because even when those who stand with the Lord are outnumbered by those who stand against the Lord, it is still better to stand with the Lord. I want you to get in your minds the image of that man who stands alone and there's like 450 people who are standing against him. If every seat in this room were filled, there would be about 450 people here. That's a lot of people against one person. Imagine how that must have looked. But again, I point it out because even when those who stand with the Lord are outnumbered by those who stand against him, it is still better to stand with the Lord. There are times in our lives when we are outnumbered. It may not be to the ratio that he experienced, 450 to 1, but how many here in this room are in a workplace and you are the only follower of Jesus Christ or you're one of just a few? How many here are sometimes finding yourselves in a classroom or a work environment and you're outnumbered. There are some here in this room who, even within their family, they're the only follower of Jesus Christ so far. And you feel sometimes so outnumbered. Sometimes in, in our culture, we look and we go, man, our culture is so big, it's so massive, it's, it's this, this juggernaut of, of, of cultural fatalism that is, is so destructive and we just feel almost so outnumbered. Listen, I want you to understand that truth is still truth even if most people believe the lie. Because some of you are looking at, at the outnumbered, uh, at how outnumbered you sometimes feel, but I want you to know this, that and I did, this is not original, I don't know who made it up, but it's, it's powerful. With you and God, if it's just you and God, you are a majority. I'd rather stand with him alone than stand with 450 or 1,050 who are opposed to God. And Elijah was doing this. So here's, here's the story. Two altars were prepared, the Bible says. The worshipers of Baal prepared a sacrifice, and then they called on their God to come and consume it. It says that they begged God from in the, early in the morning until late in the afternoon. They 
They begged God all day long, and they did everything they could to get his attention. Man, I mean, they were screaming and they were wailing. The Bible says they were cutting themselves. They were frothing at the mouth, doing everything they could to get his attention. But you know what? You cannot capture the attention of someone who does not exist. Nothing happened. Silence. Crickets. That's all they got. There was nothing there. And then Elijah, the Bible says later in the the day, Elijah got up. Now, again, wouldn't you love to see the look on his face? Wouldn't you love to see Elijah? He comes up here, and and I think he's he's confident. I don't think he's cocky, but I don't know. Well, Well, maybe someday we'll see it replayed, but he has the confidence of the Lord upon him. He prepares his sacrifice. It says he made it virtually unburnable by saturating it with water. And then Elijah, imagine this in your minds, Elijah on top of Mount Carmel with 450 panting prophets of Baal bleeding into the ground because they've cut themselves. To, they're exhausted, they're hoarse, they're, their eyes are bloodshot, and he stands up, prepares his sacrifice. He then prayed, the Bible says he then prayed a 60-word, in this translation, a 60-word prayer that took all of about 20 seconds to pray it. Not eight hours or ten hours, but 20 seconds. And immediately, the Bible says, fire from heaven came down, a ball of fire from heaven came down and consumed not only everything on the altar, it consumed the altar. And it left a smoking hole. It was a crater in the ground. It doesn't say this, but I think it took the eyebrows off of every one of those 450 prophets of Baal. Singed them right now. The false prophets, the 450 prophets, it says that they fell on their knees and they began to worship Jehovah God. They began to worship the one true God. The Lord, He is God. But it was too late. It records here in 1 Kings 18 that every one of them were put to the sword and they never saw another day. That's where we left off two weeks ago. So again, imagine this. Here is Elijah with fire coming out of heaven and with 450 dead prophets of Baal Elijah suddenly had the king's undivided attention. And Elijah turns to Ahab, the king, and he said this, verse 41, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Interesting. Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Now, when you you look at the context here, what Elijah said seems rather strange. There's not, we know from later on, there's not a cloud in the sky. And he says this, there is the sound of heavy rain. Here's what I, here's what I, think, here's what I think Ahab did. He looked up at the sky and he sees nothing. Why would he say this? Why would Elijah say there is the sound of a heavy 
rain. Well, let me, let me just be very clear. There's nothing wrong with Elijah's mind. There's nothing wrong with his hearing. There was something very right with his faith. There's something very right with his faith. You see, you see earlier, Elijah had received a word from the Lord. Days earlier, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, all the way at the beginning, it says this, after a long time in the third year, that is the third year of the drought, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. I want you to notice there, it says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That is an extremely important verse or statement to understand this entire chapter. It says, a word from God came to Elijah. That means that Elijah, who was not only a follower of the one true God, Elijah also heard from the one true God. Elijah had the ability to hear from God and know that this is his voice. Word of the Lord came to him. He knew God's voice, and that was very important. He needed to hear from God. So when Elijah said, there's the sound of a heavy rain, it means that Elijah trusted more in God's word than he did in his own senses. His sight would say there's no rain, because we know from later on there's not a cloud in the sky. His hearing Though he could not hear any rain, he still says this right here. His senses said one thing, but his, he stood on not his senses, what he could perceive. He trusted that if God said it, that was enough. Why is that important? Because there are times in our lives, in fact, there are many times in our lives when God speaks to us and everything around us, everything in our environment says no. Everything in our environment says this is not going to happen. But when God says it's going to happen, that is what we have to believe in. There have been times in my life, and I'm sure there have been times in your lives, where God speaks to you. He, he reveals something to you. And I'll tell you what, sometimes the only thing that carries you through in what follows is you hold on to that word from God. Because everything that you see, everything that you hear, everything that you sense around you says otherwise. But you trust in God because he said it. I'll tell you what, there have been times, again, in my life, where I looked at my life and I said, I don't see it. I don't see how it can happen. And yet I see the promises, and we, we sang about his promises this morning, that if he said it, then he will do it. Get a hold of that. Word of the Lord came to Elijah. Now look at verse 42. It says this, Ahab went off to eat and went up to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. What does that mean? It means that he was praying. I want you to notice that. You see that verse in front of you there. The king, Ahab, he goes off and he's eating and drinking and Elijah was praying. That too is significant because there are times when the follower of God says, I'm going to push aside 
the most natural thing, eating and drinking, and I'm going to spend time in prayer. We call that fasting. There are going to be times when you're going to have to push aside every natural thing that your body wants so that you can spend more time with God. And you want to see God move? Sometimes it's going to mean I'm not going to do what everyone else around me is doing. I am instead going to go to a place of prayer. Ahab goes off and he's eating and drinking. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking. But Elijah is praying. After a time, after Elijah's been praying for a time, he directs his servant. Look at verse 43. He said, go and look toward the sea. Well, the servant went to look, and then he came back and he said, there is nothing there. I asked you earlier to imagine this scene with Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Now I want you to imagine this scene. Elijah prays for a time. He sends his servant, go look towards the sea. The servant comes back and he says, there's nothing there. And I want you to imagine Elijah goes back to that place of prayer. He puts his head down and he continues praying. And the same thing happened six times. Six times. Elijah prayed the servant went and looked, and nothing happened. Six times. First time, go and look, nothing there. Second time, go and look again, comes back, nothing there. Third time, goes, comes back, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. Sixth time, still nothing. Don't raise your hands. But in your mind, answer this question. You ever pray intently to God and nothing happens? You ever seek Him diligently, even having a word from the Lord, you, you call out to Him and nothing happens, or at least nothing apparent? You ever do that? You ever seek God and, and pray and trust Him? And believe for that breakthrough. Believe for that miracle. Believe for that, that provision. And nothing happens. But it says Elijah kept praying. I often wonder, <clears throat> I often wonder what would have happened if Elijah, after the third time, said, I'm done. Or the fourth time? How about the sixth time? What would have happened if after the sixth time he, he, he sends the servant, he comes back and he says, nothing, I got nothing. There's nothing there. It's blue sky. As far as I can see, there's just blue sky. What if he would have given up after the sixth time? Well, I don't think that the story would be recorded. Uh, I think that because, because there have been a lot of there have been a lot of stories that happened where someone did not persist in what God called them to do, and those stories are unrecorded. 
What would have happened if he would have stopped after the fifth time, fourth time, sixth time? Some of you, I'll come back to this later, but some of you have been trusting God for a very long time for something. What would happen if we quit? God's put it on your heart to believe for something or believe for someone. What would happen if we quit? Sixth time, he comes back. (laughs) I think the servant's like, dude, come on. Still nothing. Servant's just wearing out shoe leather, man. It's just like, same thing, same song, sixth verse. But Elijah had a word from the Lord. Remember, God said back in verse 1, I'm going to send rain on the earth. And so Elijah keeps praying. The seventh time Elijah's servant was sent and scanned the horizon, he saw something. He saw something. It, it wasn't much, it, it, it wasn't much, but it wasn't there before. <laughs> hey, but man, when when you don't see anything for a while and you got something, you go back and you tell them. And returning to Elijah. The servant said, verse 44, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. I don't know exactly what what that is. I don't know if it's a cloud held at arm's length that that is or from a long ways away, I just see a little wisp of something that's about the size of a man's hand at a distance. Either way, not much. I think he had little hands too. I mean, it's just right there. But it wasn't there before. It's something. It's something that wasn't there before. <laughs> you know, sometimes, back to us for a moment, sometimes we pray. Has this ever happened to you? Sometimes we pray and, 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 we, and we, receive, we receive an answer, but it's, it's different than what we expected or it's less than what we expected. God, I've been praying, and that's what I got. I've been trusting you for a long time, and that's the answer? Doesn't seem like very much. We, we receive something less than or different than expected. The last part of verse 44, Elijah said this, Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now again, I love this. I love this because here's this man. He sees something way over on the horizon. But it's enough. It wasn't much. But he believed that God had begun the miracle. Elijah knew that God can use small things to fulfill his big promises. And God's promise was on its way. You have to understand, this is the same man who a chapter before said to a woman and her son who were starving, take what little you have, gather together every pot you can, and and God will work a miracle and you will be spared. 
Elijah knew this is a man who understands being outnumbered. This is a man who understands what it means to have many people against him to be to, to look in the natural and say it can't happen. But this is a man who also can see a cloud in the distance or hear about a cloud, because I don't think he saw it yet. He just going on what the servant said, who hears about a cloud, but he says, you know what, that's it, and that's enough. Now, I look at this, and I say, God, help me. I mean, this is a convicting reference to me. This is hard. This text is hard for me, because I want, I want, I want uh, uh, thunderheads, right? I want something big. I want something with bolts coming out of it. I want something that's just, just boiling up on the horizon. Give me these little measly, little, little sissy kind of clouds. I want something big and bold. But he said, you know what, that's, that's God's answer. It's not much, but it will be. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. Again, Elijah knew that God can use small things to fulfill his big promises. God's promise was on its way. Look at verse 45. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. Again, we don't know how much time is elapsing here, but I mean, things, things are already moving. He told Ahab what to do. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, and a heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Now, maybe you noticed the contrast. Earlier that day, Elijah had prayed a 20-second prayer, and God answered with fire out of heaven. How many like that kind of prayer? That's the kind of prayer I like. (laughs) It's simple, it's efficient, it's immediate, and maybe it's dramatic. I like that kind of, wouldn't it be nice if every prayer were like that? You see a need? God, we need an answer. And there it is. Fire out of heaven. God, that person's opposing me. Fire out of heaven. God, we need a miracle. Boom, a million dollars. I like that kind of prayer. I'd take that kind of prayer any day. Power. Later that day, later that same day, Elijah prayed for what may have been hours. And six times that he prayed, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then when something did happen, it seemed so small. What a contrast. See, we don't like that kind of prayer. We don't like that kind of prayer. That kind of prayer is tedious. That kind of prayer is stretching. That kind of prayer is soul searching. And that kind of prayer is faith building. Now, I I don't know. I don't know the rest of the story on this. But here's what I think. I think that cloud had to come a long way and Every time he prayed, it was just getting closer to the horizon. He couldn't see it yet, but it was getting closer. It had to cross that horizon. It's coming. I believe God heard Elijah's prayer every time. Every time he heard his prayer. But God said, I have a timing, and I have a way, and I'll get it there. Just keep praying. 
I have a plan. I have a purpose. It will happen. Just keep praying. Keep trusting. See, that's faith building. If every time I prayed, something happened, I think after a while, I'd start looking at myself rather than to him. Now, I've had, I've had prayer. Maybe you have as well. I've had amazing times where I've prayed for something and something so dramatic happened. But I'll tell you what, more often than that, I've had times where I've had to seek God for a very long time. And sometimes the answer isn't what I expected. But there's both kinds of prayer. There are times we pray and nothing seems to happen. It's like God puts us on hold. It's like, it's like, those, it's like those, those calls that you get on your phone, you, you, you know, you see it and you, you just push end, right? Do you do that? You, you kind of feel, God, did you just, God, I'm calling, boom. We, we can kind of feel that way when we keep praying and keep asking and nothing seems to be happening. We know he's there, but, but he's not saying anything. And here's the thing, though, that, that God is still working even if nothing seems to be happening. Again, God heard Elijah each time, and he hears us. God hears you. God here, if you are his own, if you have surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he hears your every prayer. But I see here and I see elsewhere in the Bible the purpose and the importance of praying through even when nothing apparent is happening. Of trusting God even when nothing apparent seems to be happening. Something else happens as we pray and we don't see the answer yet. Something else happens. We're changed. Not only is there going to be an answer to the prayer, but in the meantime, we are changed when we pray through, when we persist in prayer. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Some of you, <clears throat> some of you are, have been praying for a very long time for family members, people that you love deeply people that you care for deeply. You've been praying for them, for their salvation, for them to come to Christ. I mentioned that after I heard that my father passed away, the next day I drove to Rapid City and I was with my mom for just a few nights and we were sitting there uh, the last night that I was there. Um, the last night that I was there, I was talking with my mom and she was telling me, I knew some of it, I didn't know all of it, but my mom came to Christ when she was about 13 years old and she was the only one in a family of two parents and 12 total children living at that time. Um, 12 children. My mom was the only follower of Jesus Christ. Some of them had a little bit of a head knowledge. You know, they, they did church a couple of times a year. But there was no, no living relationship with Jesus Christ. My mom came to know Christ. And she, she was the only one. Boy, you talk about unnumbered. I mean, that what what, like 13 to 1. Two parents. 11 siblings. She's the only follower of Jesus Christ. And she began, God put it on her heart to be praying for every one of them. And, and my mom shared with me just the other night um, with, with through tears, she shared that, that, that almost every one of them, both of her parents and almost all of her siblings, 
um, uh, some have passed away now, but, but how, how every, everyone, almost every one of them uh, are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but, but she came to know Christ like, like, I better not, should I say the number? Um, like a lot of years ago. Like, like 65 years ago. 70 years ago. She's been praying. Some of you are praying. You're praying for a family member. And I'll tell you what, you need to keep praying. Don't stop. Some of you are praying, it's discouraging because you keep praying, and it's like they get further away from God. Right? You ever, that ever happened? You pray, and it seems like they get further from God. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. It, it's so important. Keep praying. Some of you are, are trusting God for uh, a, a God-given dream. He, he put something into your heart, and, 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 and it's not something that you put there or that you would have even thought of putting there, but God called you to it. God gave you a word like he did to Elijah in chapter 18, verse 1. God gave you a word. That dream, whatever it might be, and it's, it's one that's going to honor him, and it's one that's going to glorify him, and it's one that's going to advance his kingdom. It's a God-given dream. And you keep praying, and you're wondering when it's going to come. And you pray, and you look at the horizon, and nothing there. And you look at the horizon, and there's nothing. You pray, and you look at the horizon, and there's nothing there. Listen, it may be over the horizon, but I'll tell you what, it's on its way. If God told you to do that, you keep praying. Some of you have been praying for some kind of a healing or, or another uh, physical miracle, and, and you're saying, God, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I keep praying. I keep trusting you. I, I don't, I don't, it seems like I'm getting worse. I, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm trusting you, and I'm not getting the answer. Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop on time five, six, or 505 or 506. God put it on your heart to pray and you keep praying. Some of you are looking for some kind of a breakthrough, some, some kind of a breakthrough, whatever it might be, but you just know that that breakthrough needs to happen. And right now it's all jammed up, but there needs to be a breakthrough. And you keep seeking God and you're looking to the horizon and you're not seeing anything. And, and keep praying. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Keep praying. God has spoken to you. You knew it was from him. Yet you've seen little or no results. Keep praying. If God has spoken, hold on to him, trust him, and he will do it. You don't know how. You don't know when. You don't know if it's going to start big or small. You don't know if you're going to get a little cloud on the horizon. You're going to get fire out of heaven. You don't know. But I'll tell you what, keep praying. In just a few moments, we're going to close, but I want to finish by sharing with you a, a quote that I came across um, recently, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a quote by, by Billy Graham. You, you've heard of him. He passed away just, just within the last year. Uh, it, Billy Graham was a man of prayer. He had to be, to be used in the ways in which he was. I know that he was a, a man of, of, of prevailing prayer. Billy Graham said, one of the mottos of every Christian should be, no matter how dark and hopeless a situation might seem, never stop praying. No matter how dark and hopeless a situation might seem, never stop praying.
praying. God has given us a wonderful means of communication. It's called prayer. I, I preached on prayer just a few months ago. Talked about how we go the distance and that one of the big factors in that is to, to maintain and grow in a consistent prayer life. Some of you prayed for something and you stopped. But if God put it on your heart to pray, then you need to resume and you need to keep praying. And you get up every day and say, Lord, is today the day? Is today the day? Is today the day that I'm going to finally see something on the horizon? I don't know. You may, go, you may go to bed that night and the answer didn't come. But you're going to get up the next day and you're going to trust him. Keep praying. Keep praying. The story from 1 Kings 18 is not there by mistake. It's not to show a contrast between kinds of prayer. It's not to show how simply how God prevailed over the power of God prevailed over the power of darkness. It does all of that. But it's also there to show you and me thousands of years later if God puts it on your heart to pray then keep praying until you see the answer. And then when it comes hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to be exciting. goes on to say at the very end of that that Elijah says he tucked his he tucked his cloak into his waistband and it says he outran outran Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Can you imagine that? Picture that in your minds. I mean there's Ahab in his chariot two horses going pretty quick and then all of a sudden up comes this Long haired, long beard flying in the wind. Little skinny prophet with his skinny white legs going like pistons, passing him on the left. Wouldn't that be something to see? There's much more to Elijah's story, but look at that another time. But there's part of your story as well. Keep praying, it may just be over the horizon. Maybe on the horizon. A family member that you've been praying for. Well, I have two. Some dear cousins I love with all of my heart. Like a brother and sister to me. I've been praying for decades. I can't stop. Sometimes I've, I've got to keep praying until I see it. I've got to keep praying. Breakthrough. Just, just keep praying. Keep trusting God. Don't stop. I'd like you to stand with me, please. I want to pray with you. Before we leave this place, I want to give you an opportunity. If there's anyone here, I've been talking about this, this man of God, and um, there, there, there may be some here who are not yet a man or a woman of God, and you're saying, well, of course not. I'm not. That's, that's like a super... Christian. No, a man or a woman of God is someone who submitted their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, who's who surrendered their lives to Him, who've said, "I can't do, I can't 
do it on my own. I won't do it on my own, but I recognize that you alone can save me and use me and change me. And uh, perhaps there's some, someone here this morning. Before I, I close this time and ask God to help us in our prayer, I would like you to, everyone, if you would, please bow your heads. If, is there anyone here, and close your eyes, is there anyone here that would just, with, with an upraised hand and, uh, and, and catching my eye, lifting, opening up your eyes and catching my would anyone here just with an upraised hand say, yeah, I, I want to experience that. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to begin this journey of following Jesus Christ. I, I don't want this service to, to slip us by without uh, giving you this opportunity. Is there anyone here who would just do that? Raise your hand and, uh, and uh, catch my eye. Is there anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? In the balcony, is there anyone? A lot of people there. One person. Is there anyone else? The person who raised their hand, I would just like you to do this. And, and simply very, very, very quietly, just if you if you agree with this, just pray this prayer. Just repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I recognize that your way is the only way that leads to eternal life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive my sins. Become my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow you from this day into forever. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Coming back to life for me believe in you and I trust in you in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer this morning you've just begun the most amazing journey of your life that will go far beyond any horizon it will do what May you serve Jesus all of your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters who are in this room. And I thank you for prayer. And that you give us the ability, the, the means, and the opportunity to come into your very throne room and say, God, I need an answer. I need a breakthrough. I need a healing. You've given us the ability to come into your presence and say, Lord, you spoke to me through your word or directly to me by your Holy Spirit. You've given me a word from you 
It's burned deep in my heart. I don't see how, I don't see when, but I know who will make it happen. You. So Lord, I prayed again. Help me to pray it again later on today. Help me to pray it again tomorrow and Tuesday. But throughout the rest of it, Lord, help us to pray until we see the answer. It may not seem like very much. Oh, but it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to be powerful. It's going to end the drought. It's going to stop the famine. If I keep praying, trusting. So I pray this for every person here today. I commit them to you. Lord, while we close in prayer now, we know that prayer continues beyond these walls. Do it again. What you did there, do it again, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the miracle maker, amen. God bless you. Go in the power and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ.